1: To episode ninety two of the Cantu Bite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me today is nobody. Unfortunately, um, Brittany, as you know, if you are a listener to the show, had uh, graduated college and her graduation ceremony is today, and then Carlos's birthday is tomorrow, so she's busy. Um, I probably should have found a co host, like I should have gotten Chris Fresh from the Geek Dudes to come on and talk about like Star Wars characters masturbatory habits or something like that but I am lazy so I'm just doing a solo show but we have a little bit of Star Wars news and then I also got questions and emails that people sent in so we at least have some stuff to talk about so I promise there's no Thomas Cromwell Turner era history stuff this week Yeah, so we're already better than the last solo show. Um, First of all, I just want to say huge congratulations to Brittany. Awesome achievement. I was going to say we here at the Canterby Dispatch say congratulations, but first of all, there is no we right now. There's just me, and even if there was a we, you would be the other person. So that doesn't quite work. But (laughs) anyway... Brittany, I love you. Congratulations. Um, And we will talk next week about, you know, all the graduation happenings. I was trying to remember my own college graduation. It was not particularly interesting. Although John Kerry spoke at it and gave a pretty decent speech. But mostly I remember it being boring when you're just sitting there, you know, with names being read off. It's not the most exciting thing in the world, but I hope yours was at least, you know, not terrible. Um, fuck stars news. We got a little bit of stuff because there was some sort of big entertainment summit thing that Bob Iger was speaking at, and so we learned a little bit about the future. We know that the next Star Wars movie, which is the one in three years, is the better off and wise one. Um look. I'm not gonna lie, I'm disappointed. I wanted it to be Ryan Johnson's For a lot of reasons. One I just really like Ryan Johnson. But also i have problems but enough and wise and this is an announcement like i was disappointed even when we learned that they were doing star wars at all i know people love game of thrones even though less people love game of thrones right now apparently for how this last season is playing out but i get this idea of you know you shouldn't you shouldn't judge things before they come out. But I also think you can look at people's body of work and go, these guys aren't for me. And so I'm not going to go, their Star Wars is automatically going to be terrible. But, you know, one of them wrote the fucking Wolverine Origins movie, and that was a big pile of shit. And honestly, I tapped out of Game of Thrones last season. I think it went downhill after George R. R. Martin's stuff was used up. And look, they were in a tight spot there cuz dude didn't finish his series or even put the next book out for years and years and years. But even though he told them where they were where the books were going in the end, I feel like I don't know, they're not great at it in terms of coming up with their own stories. So the fact that they're the ones writing the next movie is is not the thing that I'm like super hyped for. Especially when one of the problems isn't just that I, I think their writing is not great in terms of pacing and storytelling. Um the other thing is they have a bad track record with women and also just with people of color so that's something to be concerned about Uh, and not just on screen but you know off screen as well like looking at the writers they hired for Game of of Thrones and stuff like that so I am I am cautious and I hope that it's not like the next three movies are all them because if the next you know ten years of Star Wars movies is just those guys I'm going to be pretty bummed out I'm hoping that that'll that'll go back and forth, and we'll get some other stuff, and we'll get Ryan Johnson, and hopefully we'll get some content from women. But I'm not holding my breath on that. We'll see. The other thing that we learned from Iger is there's another Star Wars TV series in the works. Well, you know, streaming series, whatever. I'm going to say TV series forever. Um, We don't know what it is. No idea whatsoever. We just know there is a third live-action Star Wars show that will be on at some point in the future. The general guess is that it's Obi-Wan. But let's be honest, the general guess... Whenever we hear any new Star Wars project coming is that it's Obi-Wan. So who knows. I'm not going to be shocked if it's Obi-Wan. I'm okay with it being Obi-Wan. It wouldn't be my top choice because I don't don't dislike Obi-Wan. I just don't particularly feel like I need any more of his story. I'm okay with not having that explored. I'm okay with the idea that he was just on Tatooine. Like, basically living in exile. Maybe occasionally going to get drunk and cut alien's arms off. I do think if you are going to do... An Obi-Wan show, it needs to be definitively... A, you know, like, six-episode event. And not an ongoing series, because... The idea of him having adventures every week for six seasons or something when he's, you know, supposedly on Tatooine, just watching over Luke from afar, doesn't sit right with me. But I think you could do one big, like, six episode, eight episode adventure and, and do it pretty well, assuming you and McGregor comes back. But I kinda of just think there's so much you could do with Star Wars. I'd like to see them do something else. Um, sort of, I guess I, I like Obi Wan but in a sort of distanced way. Like I don't have any I don't have any emotional connection to Obi Wan. I like I like Alec Guinness in the mentor old wise dude. Character, and I think Ewan does a fine job with the stuff that he had. But even even in Clone Wars and stuff, when we saw more of him, he's he's never somebody who I had just like I felt for. Like it's never a character I really felt like I, I, I got on any sort of deeper emotional level. There, there's no there's no connection there for me. So I could I could watch an Obi Wan show and find it perfectly enjoyable, and maybe maybe an Obi Wan show could finally get me to have that, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be on my list of things that I wanted. I mean, if we were gonna do just a character show, which I mean maybe we will since I mean they're doing they're doing and maybe it'll just be another this is the character we're focusing on as opposed to the Mandalorian. This is the thing that we're focusing on and having all new characters. Um, I really, really like a young Tarkin show. I know shocking, right? That I want Tarkin, but I think it'd be fantastic. Partially it was just a couple weeks ago. I finally read the, the Tarkin novel and really, really liked it. Um, some of the writing's a bit naff, and there's a bit too much, like, and of course there is, he always does this, there's a bit too much focus on, like, describing people's clothing and and lots and lots of adjectives, but the, the, the story in Tarkin is really cool, and you get all this stuff from his childhood, which was really fucked up and weird, and his, his parents were fucking assholes, and this whole, like, him being sent to the dangerous wilderness every summer to toughen him up on the thought that well you know if he survives it's good and if he dies apparently who cares that he's not a real tarkin out you know it's uh, that seems to be the thing but and then and then the stuff in the in the present of the book where he's doing things like hunting down rebels and pirates and shit it's pretty fucking cool I think if you take that and build off of it, you have the basis for a really interesting show. And I would like an Imperial-focused show. Like, if we're going to stay in this time period, like, around the movies and not get away with that into anything really distant, which seems to be where they're staying... I mean, we'll see. Like maybe those better Off and Wise movies will be the the old Republic ones that everybody's been talking about forever. But I don't know. I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna stay in these forty to fifty years, I would love Tarkin. Uh, somebody online and goddamn, I'm sorry because I forget who it was, but was pushing um, Aiden Gillen. Pliny Young Tarkin. And he was Littlefinger. On Game of Thrones. And Tommy Carcetti in The Wire. And was on. Um, the original Queer Folk. The British version. Not the US version. And I kind of love that. Um, I mean he doesn't really. Look. Like Peter Cushing at all. But. I don't. I don't really care about that so much. And he's really good at playing schemers. So the fact that he's like four inches shorter than Peter Cushing doesn't bother me so much. He can play that character, that political schemer. He's done it in so many things now. He's always nailed it. And I fucking love Littlefinger on Game of Thrones. And I. Thought it was brilliant on the wire, so that would be that would be the show that I wanted. But we'll see. It is it is nice to know that there's a third one. It seems like it'll be maybe you know th- three years from now and then, because we'll get the Mandalorian this year, and the casting show, which I think starts filming this fall, will be next year, and then the year after that will be fill in the blank show, and then the year after that is. Hey, there's a movie of some sort. So as much as I'm still disappointed that we've got to wait three years for the next movie, we're still getting lots of content. And I do like a TV show because that's, you know, like at least six weeks of me having new Star Wars content to talk about. And that is exciting. I'm trying to think if there's any other Star Wars news. I don't think there is. So let's move on. I had talked about the fact that I was going to be doing a solo show. So I was asking people for questions and everything on on Twitter. And people sent them in, which was nice. Because otherwise, I don't know what I was going to talk about this week. And it would have been like a 20-minute episode. Maybe it should be. But unfortunately, it's going to continue some more. The first one I got was from uh, Milton, and he had this to ask, which is he had a couple. Of them. Um, the first one was, in the chaos of all the celebration news, I could have sworn seen a confirmation from Ryan Johnson that his trilogy is still on. Recent news on Benanoff on ben- on and ben- on Wise has people speculating his trilogy is canceled. I'm guessing and hoping the speculation is wrong. What's the best info we have on this so far? Um, I'm not 100% sure. It's sort of hard to tell rumor from concrete information at this time. Uh, Ryan Ryan did say that his stuff is still going forward. And we've heard from, from Kathy Kennedy was talking about how she had a meeting with with Ryan and with Affleck and Weiss about the future of Star Wars. There's been rumors that maybe Ryan's going to direct the Affleck and Weiss movie. Because they're just writing... I have no idea if that's based on anything at all, or just something that people heard. Uh, We'll see. I I think he's still got a future in Star Wars. I hope that future is still him doing his own trilogy, because I like how he directs. I like how he writes. And even if he wouldn't be like writing and interacting all three of the movies himself, I think a, a trilogy guided by his vision would be cool, especially since everything we heard about it, again, no nothing in terms of like actual concrete information, but it was all he was gonna be doing something very different and not set so closely to everything else. and i was I was really looking forward to that. I'm I'm still hopeful. I don't see any reason to n- not be hopeful at that the point. But you know, they, th- things change. People get fired from Star Wars movies a lot. Hopefully, that doesn't happen here, because I enjoy the way the man thinks, and I enjoy the man the way the man thinks specifically about Star Wars. And I think he could take the franchise someplace it hasn't been before. And that is desperately what I want from Star Wars. Um, next question. I was place- I'm was placing. i placing you as executive producer of a movie production. Any budget, any director, any cast member. You can buy the rights to anything and make it. What do you make? Best of luck on the solo show. And thanks to the this fanfic event. You totally outdid yourself. It was an absolute riot. Um, thanks. If you aren't a Patreon of Steel Wars become a patreon even just for a month and listen to the fanfic episode there's a youtube video version of it and there's a podcast version of it up now um it's really fucking funny randy and johnny and chris do an amazing job of the reading steel has some excellent sound effects and managed to embarrass me really fucking hard with one of them i know we've talked about it before so i won't turn on about it but seriously check it out and give steel some money because this show is really good and there's lots of good bonus content you get beyond that but anyway okay executive a producer of anything i want to make i kind of went back and forth on this because some of the stuff i w- immediately drawn to i realized weren't movie ideas they would, they'd be better like TV shows. Like there's these books uh, by this guy Scott Lynch called the Gentleman Bastard, Bastard series, and the uh, the first book is called The Lies of Wakamura. I highly recommend it. It is con men in a fantasy setting, and they're incredible. They're so much fun. They're also incredibly dramatic. Like they're not quite like Game of Thrones level of killing people off, but people you get desperately emotionally attached to are going to die and it's awful and heartbreaking but the the elaborate cons and heists and just the the setting and this world that he's created they're excellent 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 books there's three of them out so far four of them out so far anyway it'd be an amazing tv show hbo or somebody should do it but movies I would do Transmetropolitan, which is a comic from the mid-90s written by Warren Ellis, one of my favorite all-time comic writers. Um, It was illustrated by and and co-created by uh, Derek Robertson. It's great. Love that book. Read, read it all the time. It is set, I think, like 200 years in the future in this big sprawling city. There's a lot of not quite, not quite cyberpunk, but the technology is often sort of cyberpunk. And there's a lot of like transhumanism body modification stuff. And it is about a journalist who is based explicitly and heavily off of Hunter s Thompson and there's this election going on it's sort of like, kind of scarily relevant now in terms of the politics of it but you have him like trying to trying to take down this this politician there's also all this like cool transhumanist cult stuff going on it is brilliantly funny while also being incredibly politically savvy. I absolutely love it. it. It's crying out to be filmed except for the fact that it would be I would guess massively expensive uh, if you see any of the, the illustrations of the city and stuff it's you'd have to do so much CGI work. That it might be cost prohibitive, but in this situation, Milton set up I get whatever budget I need. So I would do trans metropolitan, and I would have it directed by Taika Waititi, who is one of my favorite directors. This would be a different sort of thing from him, but I feel like it would still suit his sensibilities. And actually, when I'm thinking about sort of the, the the visuals of this film, I think would fit in with stuff that he did in Thor Ragnarok, uh, just in terms of sort of the, the, the color schemes and the and I guess I guess the whatever the I forget what it's called the city where where Jeff Goldblum is, you could do that sort of style. Um, you just have to make it grubbier transmits really grubby. Casting is hard. Uh if if it were still nineteen ninety six I would when the camera first came out, Patrick Stewart. Absolutely a hundred percent Patrick Stewart, she'd play in Spider Jerusalem, who's the main character. Um he actually wrote the introduction to one of the trade paperback collections. He's a big fan of it. It would have been amazing. Dude's almost eighty. He can't play the role anymore. Um, it's a hard role to cast. Hmm, hmm 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 hmm. Sam Rockwell. I think Sam Rockwell could do that sort of gonzo energy. But you need somebody who can do some rage. Tim Roth has another possibility, but he's like 10 years too old now. Yeah, Sam Rockwell. Just shave shave, shave, Sam Rockwell's head. I don't know what kind of shape Sam Rockwell's in. Spider's shirtless a lot. But he's not like hulking. He's pretty lanky and... And tattoo covered. Anybody who has read Transmet. Give me your casting ideas for a spider. But yeah. Sam Rockwell is the way I would go. And it would be awesome. And I fucking I love it. I might have to. Pull my books out again. And start reading them. Because it's it's a lot of fun. And also just the, the art's fantastic. Robertson is incredible the The detail and in the, in the city scenes are are pretty wild so thank you for your questions milton i have some other oh i s- decided we were going to have a new uh, segment we'll see how that goes this is the test pilot for that segment i'm um, probably i should have i should have asked Brittany before i announced we were doing a new segment but fuck it this might be the only time we do it We'll see how it goes and if people like it or not. And that is, you send us Star Wars characters and we tell you what they'd be like in bed. And, oh, uh, uh, Tom Chansky quickly tri- uh, Chris, in this bed watch, which is great. Fucking King Tom, I love you. But Chris Willis sent in a suggestion and that is Samuel Lennox. Who is the Imperial officer who has the good, our first catch-of-the-day line in Empire Strikes Back. And I gotta tell you, at first I did not even remember what this guy looked like, but Star Wars being Star Wars, and specifically the EU being the EU, he has, like, this whole fucking detailed backstory, which it looks like now is all Legends. I don't think he's been in any new canon material... But he's kind of scrawny and weaselly looking. He was. Okay. I'm assuming Samuel, it could be Xamuel, but it's X A M U E L. So I'm assuming Samuel Lennox was a human male who hailed from a long line of military men, began his career as a naval officer for the Galactic Empire, with a noble, proud philosophy similar to that of his ancestors. He hated the deception and ruthlessness that were commonplace in the New Order. When the Empire became embroiled in the expanding conflict with the Alliance to restore their Republic, Lennox found himself caught between both sides. Um, geez, it's sort of insane. If people have like two lines in a movie or something and the amount of backstory that you get from them. It is a lot. So what do I think he's like in bed? Um, I'm going to say it is befunctory. It's not necessarily bad sex, but it's not interesting or exciting or or passionate sex. He doesn't look like a very passionate guy. Um, And also that whole like noble ancestry of the empire and that's, I mean, I don't think noble fascism is a thing. So, you know, he's still in, he's still in the empire. And I think being conflicted about it kind of makes him even weaker. Because if you're conflicted about it, get get the fuck out and go be a rebel or something. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to say, eh, you could do worse. There are worse people in the Star Wars universe to have sex with. But it's not going to be exciting. It's going to be missionary. It's going to be quick. And. Yeah, probably you're not going to come. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> that's the first Bedwatch segment. Probably the last I got of it. Doing it by myself for the first time. Probably not the best idea. Because that's something that's better if you have an actual conversation with. One way filth is much harder. I'm all I'm all for the podcast being filthy from time to time. I mean, quite obviously. But we don't have anyone to play off of. And it's just... Me. By myself. Not as fun. Not as interesting. And so I already have no faith in this segment. But... Maybe we'll try it again when Brittany's on next week. So if there's a character in Star Wars, anyone, obviously, since Chris chose Samuel Lennox, for God's sake. It doesn't have to be, you know, Han Solo or Jar Jar Binks. Anybody at all. you can be somebody with one line. and We'll analyze them and come to our very scientific conclusions. Uh, You can tweet them at us at CantobitePod or email us at at gmail.com. And if the segment takes off, I'll come up with a theme song for it. Um. So I also just had a tweet up that was Ask Me Anything, Star Wars Related or Not. So let's see what people asked. Do-do-do-do-do, check in Twitter. La, 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 la. Oh no, my link did not work. Okay. Sorry, I do show notes and there's a link and then it doesn't work for me. Okay, here we go. First up, our buddy Trevor asks, Krennic has a one episode appearance in the Cassian series. What's he up to? Oh, man. I can't. The idea of him being on Cassian, it really, it's overwhelming for me. I need him to be on it. I was trying to decide if I'd want to know like beforehand obviously like if he was a series regular which isn't going to happen but let's say emily's dream world comes true if he was a series regular we'd know about it and i'd want to know about it but if he's just a, a one-off appearance what i want to know beforehand or i want it to be an amazing amazing surprise i think i'd want it to be an amazing amazing surprise i mean if i knew about it beforehand then i have weeks and weeks of being super excited and analyzing it and talking about it I'm also trying to think about the excitement I would feel if I was just like sitting in my room watching Cassian and suddenly fucking, there's a big billowing white cape. That'd be pretty fucking cool. So what would I want? I'd want them to do an episode from the Imperial perspective. So this is going off of me guessing what the Cassian series is about, not having any idea what the casting series is about. So let's say the show is, is in like eight episodes where they're all focusing on from Cassian and K2 and the other spies viewpoint. We're seeing their side of things every episode. We're not spending a ton of time with the villains. Just you do you do what episode what, what series will do sometimes where suddenly you get an episode set somewhere like you could have like a Star Trek episode that's suddenly like set on a Romulan ship, and that's just who you're with for that hour. You're set with the Romulans. So I want to suddenly for this hour, we're with the Imperials and we're with Krennic, and we're only sort of seeing Cassian and everybody else. Tend gently and that's not that's not just because i want lots and lots of in medicine though obviously i do but we're only seeing the other the spies and everybody through the viewpoint of the imperials so this sort of vague impression of them like you know we we hear of them of them doing a raid or a bombing or something but we don't we don't see it. We don't see them do it. We don't know even their justifications for it. We just see the Imperials reacting to it. Um, it's in terms of, I, I'm kind of, I'm not clear of, of when this show exactly is going to be spent. So I mean, it can't be set too far before Rogue One. Like it can't be that many years before it because you have Cassian looking the same age. So sort of like what point the Death Star is at and what point correct that in his career, it's gotta be like mostly along the way, where it's fairly solid that I'm working that he's working on the Death Star, but maybe he has some like part that he needs or something that he's gotta get through and you have the Imperial I mean the, the rebels, well they don't necessarily know, hey, they're building fucking Death Star. They do know there's some sort of mysterious project and here is a way that we can sabotage it. And that's just how you spend the episode. That'd be what I would want. And I hope he has the cape. But not the hat. That's terrible. I hate the Imperial hats, they're really bad. So thank you, Trevor. Next up, I got a question from Haas. Haas Parker, just one of the best people. Listen to his podcast. Listen to Blue Harvest. Listen to Rogue One. That's one with a W. And he says, what's an unproduced piece of Tarkin or Krennic merchandise that you'd like to see them make? I mean, anything really. But, I mean, the Krennic hot toy was my, like, g- grail piece for so long. That after they finally announced that and put it up for pre-order... I don't know what I would want now. Um... Catherine Neen suggested itty-bitties, because Catherine fucking loves itty-bitties, and I do too. And if they did Tarkin and Credic itty-bitties, I would be over the moon, because little grumpy itty-bitties are the best itty-bitties. And if you're doing Tarkin and Credit, they would have to be grumpy, because it's Tarkin and Credit. And... Oh my god, I love it! Like if they made Tarkin or Chronic bitties I would never need any other itty-bitties ever again. Um, I would like them to do the because they did the they're doing like the the retro figures, you know. Um, and I, I talked before. I have the I have the Tarkin one that came with the with the Escape from Death Star board game. I'd really like to see a, a Krennic toy like that. I think that would be cool. I mean, personally, just so I could put it with my with my little Tarkin. But also, I'd like to see how they did that. Um, there was for one of the Rogue One comics, they did uh, variant covers where it's it's like the old Kenner action figures, and it. Like it's like the packaging, and then like the little little dolly in the bubble plastic, and they did one for Krennic. It's actually the the issue that I have signed by Ben Mendelsohn. Thank you again, Steele Saunders. Um, but so if they did something like that, like in an actual figure form, I'd really like. But the greatest merchandise you could do is Tarkin slippers. Obviously, um, the the backstory in that is. Peter Cushing found, has <laughs> he has you know, he has really large feet and he found the imperial boots incredibly uncomfortable so any scene where you're not seeing his like full body he's wearing slippers um but i wouldn't i wouldn't just want like cuz I, I could just go and get plain slippers kind of like the ones that he wore probably i could find him but i want like tarkin themed slippers um sort of like bunny slippers but instead of a little bunny it's a little stuffed tarkin you could do it kind of in the style of itty bitties or in the style of the Simpsons, where it's very cutesy and fluffy. But instead of a little bunny head or a little, you know, Chewbacca or Porg, like they make, it's a little Tarkin. I would wear those all the time. But I'll buy anything with Tarkin or Krennic. I did get a new Chronic. I got um from the the miniatures game that they do. Which I don't even remember the name of. Oh, Star Wars Legion, which I've never played and will never play because it's very, it's, it's way too complicated for me. And I also don't know anyone else who plays it. But I, they did a Krennic expansion. So there's a teeny little, about not even an inch high, little plastic Krennic. Uh He's all gray because, you know, they're miniatures, so you're supposed to paint them. there's no way I could do that I have terrible artistic skill and this thing is so small and I could never get it detailed it would look fucking ridiculous so he's just gonna be gray plastic forever but the box is pretty nice and it came with some like cool game cards for a game I'm never gonna play but my quest is to own everything chronic so I couldn't not get it Oh, and thank you to Matt Frost, who pointed out that, that existed, because I have no idea until he sent me a picture of it, being like, hey, do you have this? So now I do. Thank you, Matt. Do, 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 do. Um, Molly, who I went to college with, and is awesome. I met up with her, actually, when I was in Chicago. She asks, what do you think the pay structure is like in the Empire? Ooh. Oh, because I went on a big t- Twitter thing the other day about what the Empire's sexual harassment policy is and how badly I want to know and how I really want the Empire's human resources manual. And le- let's not lie, it would be human resources manual because they don't, they don't employ a lot of aliens. They're, you know, not, not the most diverse crowd of people. But... I'm sort of fascinated by the inner workings of fictional bureaucracies. And I would, I just want to know, like, I want to know what happens. Um, Oh, my buddy, Kevin, who is a human resources attorney was pointing this out, which is when you have very strict. um, Hierarchy of command, it is rife for all sorts of abuse and harassment because The system isn't set up for you to be able to go around your superior. So if your superior is the one harassing you, it's really hard for you to report it. And it seems like the Empire would be set up like that. I was also thinking, especially in the era where the stormtroopers were the clone troopers, so right after... Order 66 and sort of that consolidation of power, it especially could have been really bad because if you have all these troopers here not even thinking of a people, but as, you know, your, your creation and you're willing to use them as cannon fodder, certainly you're not going to care what happens to them in terms of abuse. Oh my god, I didn't mean for that to be depressing. It wasn't meant to be like a depressing question. It was meant as I'm just sort of interested in it. I don't want to know but what, what the punishments are, you know, because people t- point out, like, oh, so-and-so got cho- force choked for doing sus and such, but it's not like Vader's on every single ship, and he's not, you know, taking the time to punish everybody all the time, so I do want to know what punishments are. I mean, apparently, troopers now can, like, get brainwashed again or something, but, I mean, do you get your pay docked? Which, okay, okay, that brings it back around to Molly's question, which is, what do you think the pay structure's like? Maybe it's Scrip. Maybe you're getting company money. You could spend in the company stores. Um, I would getting If you're getting paid at all, I wouldn't... I don't think stormtroopers getting paid. Officers... There's got to be something. I mean, you're not doing that for free. They're not all... And they're not... And the officer class wouldn't be... They're not a conscripted army like the troopers. They're, you know, they're going to the Imperial Academy and everything. And you get the idea with with Tarkin and, and people like that. They have a pretty good lifestyle. Although Tarkin came from a really rich family, which... Looking at it, it seems like a lot of the imperial class does, but my 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 guess is very, very, very structured, like this is the play that you get if you are this rank and com- or command this ship there's no there's not bonuses, there's not rewards for doing good work, and I think with the lower officers, it might just be scrip. That's another card. That's going on my that's going on my questions now. I wanna do a podcast with our body Rabbo that is just about d- detailing the my that nobody else gives a shit about. And nobody would listen to it, but I think Rabbo and I would have a very good time discussing it. All about the like in universe Workings of things like the Empire, because I was also wondering, like, where the rebels get their pilot uniforms. Like, is there just a cell of people in the rebellion who are who are making uniforms? Are they buying them from some place that doesn't seem necessarily very safe? And is that how the best way to spend your resources? I don't know. That was my question. Hmm. I feel like if you're a high-ranking officer in the Imperial Navy or whatever, you're probably fairly decently paid and can have a nice retirement. That's my guess. Thank you, Molly. Um, Brittany said... Ooh, Brittany said a fuck, Mary kill, which is Jon Snow, Littlefinger, and Jorah Mormont. This is difficult. Cause I really like Littlefinger. Um I like him in the show. I especially love him from the books. One of my favourite that shouldn't that shouldn't be a surprise. Look at all the other characters that I like. Of course I like Littlefinger. Um Jon Snow is like one of the most boring people on earth. Um or I guess in Westeros. Um, and I'm not really into Kit Harrington. Um, Jorah Mormont is a very handsome dude. He also seems like a guy who would use the term friend-zoned. And he's kind of, like, gross in the way he's, like, hanging around Danny and shit. So, hmm. Oh, by the way, Jon Snow would be terrible in bed. Just not good at all too earnest 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 that's not what i want i don't want somebody who's gonna like i'm sorry i don't want somebody who's gonna cry after we have sex not gonna do it um but i just don't know if i can sleep with Jorah because he seems just sort of creepy at least john's not creepy um you can't marry Littlefinger, little Finger, though can you I mean, he's such a piece of shit. And, okay, yeah, the, the obsession with Sansa as a substitute for Catelyn is super creepy. I guess it's because I'm okay with his creepiness because he's supposed to be creepy. Like, he is a villain, so he's allowed to be creepy. But Jorah is supposed to sort of be a good guy, even though he, you know... Was originally banished from Westeros because he was a slave trader. Anyway, so I'm I'm okay with Littlefinger's creepiness because it's it's encoded as him as a villain. But again, I don't think Littlefinger's a dude you marry, partly because he might you know push you out a moon door or something. So. Ugh! But being married to Jon Snow for all eternity would be. Really dull. So, do I want to be married to a creep, or do I want to be married to a boring person? Ugh. But at least, okay, at least Littlefinger would be interesting to talk to. So, I'd marry Littlefinger because he's somebody I could like have conversations with. He's probably going to provide you with a pretty nice lifestyle because he was rich and a schemer and knew how to get things done. Um, I'm fucking Jon Snow even though the sex is going to be terrible because Mormont's too. No. It's just gross. Yeah. Kill Jorah. F- fuck Jon Snow. Marry Littlefinger. Uh, and Brittany also asks, what would Tarkin be doing if you survived A New Hope? Um, It would depend... ...on whether he took the blame for the Death Star or not. Because... Okay, so... He's in charge of the Death Star. Now, of course, we know now that he took it over from Krennic. And, I mean, sort of stole credit from Krennic. But, either way... ...whether he deserves the credit or not... ...if he has the credit for the Death Star and the Death Star gets destroyed is he politically savvy enough to avoid the fallout from that i think he might be super loyal dude has done enough for the empire in the past i mean they don't forgive mistakes but tarkin is also just real fucking smart and weaselly. so if anyone can find a way out of like taking the blame for the big-ass weapon getting destroyed and a bunch of their people dying, it's Tarkin. In which case, like, maybe he's just off chasing down rebels somewhere and that's his, you know, it's sort of, like, demoted to that or the Empire thinks he's still a big enough asset to use him more prominently in doing that, and if he survi- if he survives a New Hope, I think he survives. Like just beyond, I think. While he is loyal to the Empire to a really high degree, I think. He's not a blaze of glory type of dude. So I think once the Emperor falls, Tarkin's out of there and goes into hiding. He is he's he's one of the Nazis who, you know, moved to South America and goes into hiding. Uh he wouldn't do it until until the very end. He would be he up until the point where he realized it was futile and then and then would go off into hiding. And, you know, just be like sitting around in his slippers drinking tea. Oh, and Dom asked what he should do when he comes to New York City next month, because apparently Dom's coming to New York City next week, next month. Cantor number one, we'll be here. We're gonna get lunch, we're gonna do something. Oh I'm not gonna give you an idea of what to do in New York. Because I am the worst person in the world to ask that question to. I'm really bad at it. Because I don't do anything here. I mean, when I first moved here, I went to museums every week and shit. But, yeah. I mean, I can give you some good restaurant recommendation stuff. But that's not the most interesting for podcasting. And also, again, I'm really bad at it. And I don't know how often you've been to New York before. So we're going to put a pin in that question. Until I have more details. But I'm very excited to meet CantoBitch number one. Because he didn't come to Celebration. And I was very disappointed in that. And Dom's great. Dom is responsible for the song. At the end of our show every week. Dom's a good dude. So we also have some email. I'll get to that. Do, 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 do. Sorry my Gmail's very slow. So first up, we got an email from Jim, who's written in lots before. Jim's a good dude. So Jim says, "Hi, bite Dispatch. I heard you were looking for some Chronic and Tarkin questions, so I wanted to share one I thought of. From Catalyst and other sources, we know Chronic and Tarkin were always trying to get the best one. Sorry. From Catalyst and other sources, we know Krennic and Tarkin we're always trying to get the best of the other one. Then in Rogue One, Tarkin clearly outplays Chronic." And not only gets command of the Death Star, but also kills Krennic when he gets a chance. So, my question is Assuming you were Krennic, what would you have done differently? Knowing we know about Tarkin and the Emperor and Rogue One to outmaneuver Tarkin and win command of the Death Star. Thanks for keeping up the great podcasting. Your Candle Bitch listener, Jim. Hmm. Actually, think maybe the best way to outplay Tarkin here is to let him take control sooner. If he takes control, and you go back to the weapons facility where your you know directors like special research or whatever to work on your next project, Death Star gets destroyed. Tarkin took control Tarkin's the one who was saying it was Tarkin's project all along yeah there's still going to be some questions over over you know y- your responsibility as Krennic for um, the weakness in the Death Star so so maybe you still die maybe you don't it depends how much they need you to do other things but that's that's the one way I can see to do it Um, the other question, of course, is what happens just if, if Krennic doesn't go down to the planet and doesn't decide he's going to, you know, solve this problem on his own and he's going to lead the troopers down there to, to, to solve this problem. So you're not down there on trying to get killed in the first place. Um, and then it just then it just goes back to being like a one on one battle and it and it depends who can who can outmaneuver the other one when you're face to face. Um Tarkin still has the upper hand in part because Tarkin has more of a relationship with the emperor and with Vader. But yeah, I think I think the I think the way to go is to let him take it. Of course that's that's you know with the foreknowledge of you know that the Death Star is eventually going to get destroyed and he's going to die. Um if you don't know that yet, the only thing you can do is you you cannot go down to the planet because until that point he's still in charge. He's been told by Vader the Death Star project is still his. And I I think if he doesn't if he doesn't die there, he can still he can still salvage it. But Tarkin's a really difficult opponent. So who knows? But thank you, Jim. We also got a voicemail from Rural Farm Boy. Let's see if I can get that to work.
0: I'll do, you, Miss Emily. Yeah, it's Anthony Rural Farm Boy. I'm here to give you a helping hand with your episode ninety-two. It's an Emily, Miss Emily solo show. And also, my congratulations to you, Miss Brittany. I know you are be listening. Good on you, girl. So let's see. I just seen in that Twitterverse that Haas put up a question to you about maybe what things that ain't being made that you might want to, you might like to have for your collection of Director Krennic and Grand Moff Harkin. I'm looking forward to see what you got to say to that because I'm sure you're gonna come up with some things that I ain't nearly even thought about, maybe many of us ain't even thought about. But that also put me to thinking because years back I was in the 501st Legion in Garrison Credo. And that thought after I seen what Hawes asked you, well that put me to wonder would you miss them? Ever wanna consider maybe cro- cosplaying or crossover cosplaying as either of them two that you love so much? Or maybe a mashup of both. So I hear what you got to say about this and I look forward to your show coming up in my playlist. So till then, that would be this coming Friday. May the force be with you, Miss M. and you too, Miss Brent. See
1: you on the radio, Anthony. Thank you as always. I, I love how interactive you are with our podcast, and you send us good shit. Um, I actually I have thought about this. Uh, I, I've considered doing chronic a lot. Sorry, doing the Krennic costume a lot. Uh. I'm sort of not sure how I want to go with it. Sometimes I think I want to do like a faithful just chronic uniform. And sometimes I think I want to do like a, a cross play femme version where I do like a dress or a skirt or something like a little bit shorter, a little bit sexier. Because I did a I did a femme Riddler for New York Comic Con a few years ago and like just had a ton of fun doing that. So I don't know. That's sort of why I haven't done it yet because I don't quite know how I want to do it. Um, I'm more likely to do Krennic than Tarkin simply because Krennic's uniform is more distinctive. And and Tarkin, like, I could do a Tarkin costume, but it's also just sort of an Imperial officer uniform. And I like that, that Krennic has, like, his iconic cape and everything. Yeah, maybe... Maybe next celebration I'll finally do it. I really wanted to do Ventress, but then I was pricing out the lightsabers, and it was just... It was too much money, especially since I would have had to buy two of them and it's not it's not like a ray lightsaber you can get like a a ten dollar plastic version you know i would have had to have them customed, but krennic is definitely more affordable and more in line with my basic sewing skills like i can sew but on a very basic level like i can marry i can make a pair of shorts but I can't do, like, something super complicated, like a boost here or something that I would need for Ventress. So, yeah, I, I, I do want to do that. Part of the problem is I just always just put it off too late. This happens, like, every last like, the last couple of years for New York Comic Con, I've wanted to do costumes. Like, I wanted to do Mon Mothma. And then I'd look at my calendar and be like, oh, New York Comic Con's in two weeks. I'm very bad at procrastination and then things just sneak up on me because I have a terrible grasp of time. But, I do want to do that. Thank you for reminding me actually yeah i gotta start thinking about that seriously again yeah 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 because cosplaying is a lot of fun uh and again thank you anthony we also got one we had an email from rabia and that is called let the present die hello emily and guest no just me unfortunately sorry i hope you guys are doing well i just want to preface this by saying i don't watch game of thrones The show first started when I was a freshman in high school and way too young for it. By the time I grew up, it seemed too much of an undertaking to watch it all. But even without watching watching the show, I feel like Ben and Wise are all wrong for Star Wars. Almost every woman online has voiced their displeasure for the show and accused showrunners of being misogynists. And so many men have been the annoying man to say, actually, you're wrong. Insert argument here. First of all, shut up. (laughs) If most people of an impressed group are saying something hurts them, don't be the one to tell them they're wrong to feel that way. Secondly, based on their, their idea for the Confederate show, I don't want them anywhere near any characters of color, and it just shows they probably wouldn't handle the so matches of Star Wars in any meaningful, compelling way because what are they going to say there? That slavery is bad? Everyone knows that. Um, side note here, if you don't know the Confederate show, it is a, I believe, now fingers crossed, dead project for HBO that was going to be a show where the Confederacy, success, like, succession succeeded. Sorry, that's a terrible sentence. But yeah, so basically, there's still the Confederacy today, and there's still slavery, and that's the basis for your show. And, you know, maybe, maybe as a couple of white dudes, especially a couple of white dudes with not the best track record for writing for people of color, that's not an awesome idea. <laughs> anyway, back to Robbie's email. Now, I know some people are saying they'll hire women and people of people and people of color to work with them and to that i say stop it don't force them to work with those who most likely think less of them just let those women and people of color tell their own stories for god's sake star wars steals from every culture under the sun but never acknowledges the people they take stuff from and even though it's all set in a galaxy far far away and with kathleen kennedy's contract in 2021 i'm very scared as to what the future will bring in terms of both storytelling and representation available in star wars and if it will take multiple steps backwards I'm going to watch episode 9, Mandalorian, and Resistance for sure. But after 2019, I have my doubts about whether or not I will care so deeply about Star Wars or it will just be another franchise like any other. Sorry to be such a downer and keep on podcasting, Rabia. Yeah, you know, that's... Those are valid concerns to have. Because we keep hearing them talk about how they're going to hire more diverse voices and hire more women... And then, and then they're not doing it, and so there's only so many times you can just be told to wait. Um, and I realize, as as a white woman, I still have a ton of privilege, and so I, I, I imagine I would feel even more even more despondent if, you know, there are eight other ways in which I'm not being represented at all in Star Wars. Um... Yeah, it just it just sucks. Like You sort of look at the future of it and going, okay, we're not getting a Star Wars movie for three years, and we're getting movies every two years since then, and the only projects we know about in the future are projects by white dudes. That's, that's really... It just... It makes me tired, and it makes me sad, and I, I hope that they finally actually... stop talking about it and start doing it. But I understand being discouraged and not being hopeful. At this point, they sort of need to to prove it. And and I'm tired of being told to wait. And that eventually, you know, eventually we'll have a woman director. Eventually we'll have a person co-director. Like, eventually we'll get a gay character on screen in Star Wars. I, I'm really... I'm really done with eventuallys. But, you know, thank you for writing in. You're always really thoughtful about this stuff, so I hope that I hope that you're wrong and I hope that I'm wrong and that they really they make a good turnaround here. But it's it's hard to be optimistic when you're constantly being given reasons not to be. And finally, we have an email from King Tom. Oh, I love King Tom. And he says, "Hey, Lindo. First off, congratulations to Brito for the whole graduating thing. That's a major accomplishment. Everyone in Death Watch should be proud of her. So, I know you're also talking non. You're taking non-star's questions, and I figured I'd ask about Kitty Pride." Because I know we've talked about her before. She was always one of my favorite X-Men growing up because early on she just seemed like every kid who just happened to have powers. A few years back there was news that Fox was going to make a movie about Kitty but this got shelved with the Fox purchase. Do you think this could have worked or been a good idea? Anyway, thanks for reading and Professor Vizla is a jerk! Death Watch. Oh man, vizla would be a terrible professor. If you don't get that reference, look up Professor Xavier is a jerk. One of the greatest X-Men panels of all time. Just super fucking good. Um I don't know if I'd want a Kitty Pride movie. And she's one of my favorite characters. I I just I don't know I mean maybe like fifteen, twenty years from now when we've gotten some more X Men movies and they set up her, her more up, but I don't what you do with her now. Um obviously days of future past would have been the way to do that but they decided to give that to wolverine instead because why wouldn't you give that storyline to a dude um i think you could do a really kick-ass kitty pride tv show put that on disney plus i would watch the hell out of that um i would say not not do her as a teen uh, maybe that's just because i'm not a teenager anymore and so I'd like to see her as Adult Kitty because I love Adult Kitty um, when she's leading the X Men and teaching at the Xavier's um, Academy. Um, sorry, I lost my my train of thought there. Anyway, um, you you could do something cool there, because uh, especially if you if you set it at at the school when she's teaching there's lot, there's lots of different ways you could go with that uh, movie wise i just i don't know what you do with a kitty pride movie even when they announce that and i'm like i love kitty pride i don't i don't know what a kitty pride movie is at least in terms of where the x-men universe cur- movie universe currently sits like with the movies we've had, what story do you tell with her? Then again, they're doing fucking Dark Phoenix without setting up Phoenix. So who knows? But do do twelve episodes of a Katie Pride show. If you are gonna set her as a teenager, um I think a good comparison would maybe be the Netflix Sabrina the Teenage Witch um, obviously not magic and stuff but you can sub that out for mutant powers pretty easily and sort of her finding her her place there and exploring her powers and what she could do with them but also like what that means for her regular life I mean, you know, see see Sabrina the Teenage Witch, see Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh even even, you know, like Veronica Mars, there's 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 good templates for that there, which is like the, the conflict between the like the regular teenage storylines and that there's also this other very special thing about them. But I do love Kitty. She's amazing. And thank you for your question uh thanks for everybody who took the time to send us stuff um i really i was expecting this to be like a 20 minute episode because i just didn't know what i was going to do and it's been an hour and some so thank you for hanging in with me if you have this far i hope this was okay i promise britney will be back next week and it won't just be me talking into a microphone i kind of don't know how people do solo shows all the time like god bless steel saunders i don't know how he does it i mean he's much more skilled than i am but anyway uh thank you for the tweets thanks for the email thanks for the voicemail if you have questions send them to us cantobypod at gmail.com tweet us at cantobypod we're also on instagram at cantobypod i'm on twitter at ef lind britney is at canto brit uh We had a Fuck, Mary Kill this week and last week. I would love to start doing this again on a regular basis. I think they're a lot of fun. Send us Fuck, Mary Kill suggestions. If you didn't hate Bedwatch, send us Bedwatch suggestions. Again, just any Star Wars character name. Um, yeah, that's the podcast. I, I Eating like, a podcast is always slightly awkward. It's really awkward when you're just doing it by yourself. But thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye! Uh,
2: Canto Bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Canto Bitch.
0: Britney the Jinj and Emily
2: Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Canto bitch number one All my girls at The All my girls at bitch. E.F. E. Linde and Canto Brit They got the goods and I just can't quit How do you become a bitch like me? Podcast, you gotta download CBD Send emails, just listen and chill Give them some names to fuck, marry, kill Ask them a question or send a top three Mine is Lindo, Brittany, and me Girls at well, my girls at PS My girls at PS might be good, but my girls are better Check out some folks, they want a bang and a refresher Asajj Ventress and Kylo Ren, yo We'll have Tarkin and of course Mendo Send a shout to the and into Rustin Brown And Emily's dad straight putting it down Every week my girls be getting it done I should know, I've been down since day one